Coming up in this week's episode, we're talking about the return of the Premier League football. Our teams, Villa and Chelsea, went head-to-head this weekend, so who got the early bragging rights? We also look at the problems at Arsenal. Liam has some new features and the wonders of white return, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is back. Hello, Liam. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Um, well, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I thought you might be. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not so good. Not so good at the no. moment. But uh, I'm just glad football's back. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, a few new things this week that Liam's going to bring in. Liam, George, just want to go through those? Uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, unfortunately, Pete's not doing the podcast with us anymore, so I thought I'd step in and fill the void with a teaser of my own for Chris every week. Um, so we'll be talking about more about that in a minute. And I've also been scouring the depths of the internet and all the football books I had when I was a kid to look for a few interesting stories from the footballing world, past and present. Uh, so I'll be bringing you one of those later. So yeah, we look forward to that. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to the teaser, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to the story anyway. You'll be um, all right. You'll be all right, mate. So yeah, so obviously we're, we're going to start with, with your teaser, Liam. So uh, take it straight away. Straight in at the deep end, straight in. Okay, so this week um, I thought I'd gone fairly middle of the road just to gauge where you are. So what I want you to do, Chris, I want you to put these five strikers in order of Premier League appearances. So your five strikers are Kevin Davis, Jermaine Defoe, Emil Heskey, Wayne Rooney, and Alan Shearer. And I want you to put those in order of Premier League Jeez. appearances. So I can hear you making notes. That's <laughs> writing the names down. <laughs> Do you want their names Just again? I've got Dave, uh, Kevin Davis, Jermaine Defoe, Heskey, Rooney, and Shearer. Yes, those uh, five. So hmm. while we're doing the podcast, have a little think. And then at the end, see if you can put them in order of Premier League appearances. Kevin Davies seems a strange one, but it seems a strange one for a good reason that he's probably not bottom of that list. So I'll uh, I'll have to think about that one. And but we'll um we're going to do the teaser answer just before we uh, we leave the podcast. Um, but we're going to get straight into uh, this week's talking points and uh, probably best to start with the actual return of the Premier League. And as Liam said. Um, happy it's back um, under slight different rules and regulations now. Um, but what do you make of it so far? Um, it's been a mixture of happiness that football is back and exasperation at being a Villa fan. And the games that I've picked to watch live have been really dull. So I watched the Liverpool game last night, nil-nil. I watched Villa's first game back, nil-nil. Um, I watched some of Spurs' Man United. I think I watched the first half of that, which was nil-nil. I basically haven't seen many goals apart from Chelsea goals. Um, <laughs> but the, thing, the thing that's thrown me has been, first of all, the noise that they're of the crowd that they're dubbing over the commentary, which yeah. has had some rather random oohs and ahs. And I also forgot about the number of subs that you can now use. So I'm, I've, I was sat watching the Villa game and thinking, I'm sure Villa have made many changes here. Why are we bringing Hotter on? 
I thought we've made all of our changes, but yeah, it's gone up to five now, hasn't it? So yeah, yeah, that threw me a little bit. But um, other than that, I am just pleased to have football back on the TV. I'm pleased to have match of the day back on a Saturday, and I actually quite like. It's kind of an American way of having a game every day. Football every day. Yeah, that's, it's brilliant. I it's love a, it. Like a dream come true, isn't it? It's, um, it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, glad it is back, and obviously they've uh, obviously tried to make it as safe as possible with. Obviously, the testing of the players. Um, I think they're doing it twice a week. I've seen. Um, so yeah, um, uh, with regards to the the crowd noise that you said about, um, obviously on some of the um, channels you can uh, get it taken away, so uh, you can hear just obviously the noise of what's in the stadium. Um, but I believe that um, the crowd noise is being pumped in by EA Sports. So it's crowd noise oh, from really? the FIFA games, yeah, yeah. So oh, I didn't uh, know. I didn't know, know, I th- I didn't know yeah, how they did it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how it works with because whenever a player takes a shot, it kind of it kind of goes ooh like about sort of a second, two seconds later. So I'm not sure if there's a guy there just pressing buttons to make different noises. I'm, I'm not too sure, but um, obviously looking at, at the league table, I think I think we're both agreed that the. The winners have already been decided. Um, yeah. It's only a matter of time for that one. Um, but the obviously the the best places at the moment are looking down at the bottom of the league. Obviously, there's a few teams in and around there, and and the race for the, the third and fourth places of the Champions League dependent on what happens with Manchester City's uh, court case. You know, coming to yeah. what's going to happen there. Um, yeah. It's just we'll just start with third and fourth. Do you think Leicester and Chelsea can, can hold on to that, or do you think that, that maybe Manchester United or or even Sheffield United or Wolves could could possibly get into those sort of Champions League spots? In um, I actually think that out of those teams, I think Wolves are looking the more likely at the minute. Um, Man United and Spurs from I, mean, I didn't watch the whole game, but I saw the first half and. They just it wasn't great. Neither, neither team looks particularly great. It was, yeah. Um, I think they've got an Man United. Uh, they've got great attacking talent, no defence, but maybe give Solskjaer another year and he might sort that out. Personally, though, I, I think it's Leicester and Chelsea all the way. I think the Champions League places are decided. Obviously, you had a bit of a scare in the first half against us, but I thought you played really well overall. Um, it looks like you've carried on from where you left off. I think it was the Everton game was your last game, wasn't it? And yeah, 4-0 and yeah. Loftus-Cheek is back as well, which is good. Um, it's, it's really looking positive for you guys with the signings that have been made as well. I think the only way is up and you're, you're in fourth as it is. So, yeah, I, could, I think it's going to be you and Leicester in the Champions League next season. So, yeah, so we've got obviously Manchester City. I think it's Thursday we're playing Manchester City. Um Obviously, they are playing tonight as well, so they're not really going to get a huge rest period. Um, and obviously, they already, they've already played as well on uh, Wednesday night. Um, I, I, I think personally, I think Chelsea will will get one of those Champions League spots, and I, I do think Leicester will probably get the other one as well. I, I, the, th- the thing is with Manchester United, it's just they're so unpredictable, uh, and they're, yeah, they're, they're they could lose at any point. Yeah, their weaknesses are clearly at the back, um, and I think that you know the money they've spent on Maguire, 
I think Roy Keane kind of tore tore him to shreds <laughs> at halftime. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the yeah and the, De Gea. Yeah, it's not 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 good to hear if you're one of those players, but um, it's not. But oh, what I will say is it's not good for one of your ex-players to be talking. I know he's paid to talk on TV. Yeah. I get that, but when one of your ex-players, even your ex-teammate, you know, as a manager, as a soldier, mm-hmm. I'd be really annoyed at him talking about you know his old team like like that. But yeah, I think it was a little bit harsh personally. I think he went a little bit too far, but I can <laughs> understand his sentiment. But yeah, uh-huh. and I th- the other thing is Leicester's goal difference as well. I'm, I'm just looking at the table well, now. Yeah, the fast superiority Chelsea's. Yeah. yeah, and and Man United, so it's an extra point really in in their bank. So yeah, I can't I can't see um, United closing that gap. Um, uh-huh. Unfortunately for them, but maybe next season I think we'll see a different Man United depending on uh, the transfer window that how they many, have. That, how many times have we said that? <laughs> yeah, yes, every time. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But looking um, a bit further down the table, um, how, how do you see it playing out? Um, at the bottom, I think at the moment, form-wise and points-wise, it's looking like Villa and Norwich are down, I would say looking at the attitude of some of our players uh, in the two games that we've had so far, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of fight. I think they mentioned it on match of the day, uh, closing down and just willingness to try and pressurize the ball. is just, it's non-existent. And I think Norwich have been cut adrift already. So I think it's going to be one of three teams to fill that final relegation spot. It's going to be, Watford, West Ham or Bournemouth and I have to say after watching Bournemouth uh, I think it was on Friday it I mean I don't I haven't watched much of Bournemouth but it was the first game I've seen 90 minutes of them for a long time but they did not look confident at all they did not look a good side so I think they're probably the ones that are going to be favourites to go down at the minute yeah I'd have to I'd have to agree with you there I think Unfortunately for you, Villa, um, being one of those teams, but not I did. I can't see Norwich scoring anything back now. Uh, I'd I'd say it's probably between West Ham and Bournemouth, but I, I think Bournemouth have played so badly this season, and uh, it's almost been coming like you've seen like last couple of seasons. They've almost, you know, the second half of the seasons especially have not been great. So. Yeah, it looks like a certain what that means for Eddie Howe. I'm not sure. I don't think he's the type of manager to just leave it there. I think he he would go down with them. Um, but at the same point, I think, I think he's probably want to keep him. yeah. I, I think he's a Premier League manager. So I think if if they do go down and, and the chance was there to stay in the Premier League, he you know he, he probably would take it. I don't think any Bournemouth fan yeah. would. You know what he's no. done for the club. I don't think they you know they say anything bad about that so yeah it's um it's going to be an interesting one um hopefully for your sake villa can can do something and i mean we've got newcastle we've got newcastle away next and if we get three points we're in with a chance i know we're only one point from safety but the form that we're on at the minute is looking that bad that I, I can't see us getting the points in order to survive. But if we do get three points against Newcastle, we'll have a chance. 
I think, of surviving. But they again, they were they played brilliantly against Sheffield United, albeit against ten men for most of the second half. But they they looked good before that. So it's going to be a tough ask, but it's one of those games. You know, of we have a funny record with Newcastle. There's there's never really one team that has the advantage over the other. It's very much done on that season. So. Um, yeah, it's a place where we can get a result against our old manager. Um, but yeah, whether we will or not, I'm, I'm not too sure at the moment. And what what happens with Dean Smith? What happens? Oh, he's got a. I mean, I think. I'd, personally, I mean, I've said on the podcast, I think he should have gone around Christmas. Um, I, we've given him the chance to keep us up, which he's earned because he, he got us up there in the first place. So fair enough. But I think if we go down. I don't see a reason why the board would want to keep him around. I think we, we're apparently quite rich and we've spent a lot of money this summer. It'll be interesting to know what kind of parachute payments we're getting if we do go down. But I think they'll want to maybe, I don't know whether bringing in a, an established championship manager or will work or whether they're going to go along the Newcastle front of getting someone big in to say, right, we're just going to have one year in the championship. We're going to absolutely smash it, throw everything at it and uh, try and get back up. I think that's what they will do. I don't know whether that's a good idea, but I can't see Smith saying after this season. I really mate, can't. Look no further than your assistant. That's all I'm saying. He's there, mate. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not, I mean, why not give Terry a chance? Why not bring in someone experienced as an assistant manager? You know, Harry Redknapp's not doing anything. And, uh, you know, he's obviously got the link with Lampard and Terry. Why not bring him in just for a year? Just say, have an assistant manager for a job for a year, show Terry the ropes, and then maybe get us back up. Who knows? I don't. I, I don't know. But I can't see Smith staying if we go down. No. So well, well, we'll carry on with the Villa theme here and talk about yesterday's game. Obviously, your Please. team versus my team. Um, I know you've probably got a few things to say, but I'll just quickly um, say. I thought your defending first half was pretty pretty good. You, you know, 11 defenders on the pitch at once probably helps. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, numerous occasions I counted at least every single one of your players inside the box or just around the box at some point. Um, and that showed, obviously, in the possession stats. But, you know, credit to you when, obviously, when you did get that one chance, you took it. And, you know, obviously, he's, he's taken it quite well considering... You know, the first attempt, he probably wasn't expecting to get another go at it. So, um, yeah, fair play. Um, second half, though, uh, it, it, it did go a little bit wrong for you. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether we kicked it up a gear or or you just got tired. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell. Um, but I I thought throughout the game, I thought Chelsea dominated it and I think deservedly did win the game. But you might have a difference of opinion with that. No, um, you deserve to win it. I thought actually Chelsea played really well. I thought Mount had a brilliant game. Uh, I thought Pulisic looked great when he came on as well. I think he made a big difference. And you're right, I think we did get tired in the second half. But I think mostly, it. I mean, I don't think you had to necessarily kick it up a gear because you were that dominant at times. Um so I just think it was a case of keep plugging away and, and you were going to break through eventually. And we've seen with Villa so many times this year, we, we try and sit behind the ball as much as we can, but we're still, there's so many gaps in the back four. And um, 
and yeah, you exposed us. I mean, it, uh, Giroud had so much time in the box yeah. when, he, when he had his touch for his goal. He had enough time to have a touch, turn and shoot inside our penalty area. And when you've got 11 men behind the ball, how can that be possible? But it is. So, um, yeah, I think you're yeah, fully deserved. I think Aspilicueta actually played well as well because he kept Grealish very quiet. Um, and I think when we're playing as defensively as we were doing, it doesn't suit Grealish. Obviously, he's an attacking midfielder. And he's, he's not known for... His work rate's good, but he's not known for his defensive positioning or anything like that. And he was sort of asked to cover the overlap of Aspilicueta and William, who are combined well, and he saw it for the goal. Um, but yeah, I was disappointed with how we shaped up really after, you know, a lucky but creditable draw against Sheffield United, who are pushing <laughs> for Europe. But yeah, uh, we just didn't come out the blocks. We just didn't show any intent. And yeah, we did get a bit of a fortunate goal, but I think that was one of only... I don't know, two chances, maybe the free kick at the end would, would count as a chance. But yeah, it was only that and, and hotter within the last five oh, yeah, minutes that, just, that really threatened you. That was it. That was quite close though, that you to <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm just looking away. at that thinking we could have got a result. If that had gone in, we, we could have yeah. got a draw out of it. But we, we, we didn't deserve to, to be honest. We didn't deserve to at all. It's, um, yeah, it was... I thought like throughout the I thought throughout the game I Kante I thought played really well. He was obviously sitting yeah. in front of the defence yesterday as well, which is obviously where he is most comfortable in playing, which meant which meant that Loft Sheik um and Mount they were kind of working, I'd say, down sort of the left hand side. I thought they, they did quite well together. So yeah, well um we'll wait and see what happens with Chelsea. Obviously they got Werner coming in. Whether that leaves Abraham, I'm not too sure at the moment, but I, I, I wouldn't see us changing tactics just to get another striker into the team. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, yes, I think I've, I obviously Werner's a, a class striker, but I do feel a bit sorry for Abraham if, yeah. uh, if he is going to be replaced. But I can't see you playing with two up front. So no. I don't so know. We'll, I mean, uh, I think the reason he rejected Liverpool was because he he didn't want to sit on the bench. For a bit, I think Liverpool were after him to cover Salah when they when they went to the African Nations, yeah. and he wasn't willing to sit and wait on the bench. So I, I I can only assume Lampard has said you won't be sitting on the bench if you come to us. So so where he fits in, I, d- I don't know. Where would you like to see him, Chris? Would you, as a Chelsea fan, do you want to see Abraham, it's, or do you want to see the new striker? <laughs> yeah, um, this is a tough one. Abraham is a very, very good striker, and you know he's he scored a lot of goals. Without some of his goals this season, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are now. Um, I'd say he has tendencies to drift out of games very easily, um, but he has scored. Like I said, he has scored some very important goals for us this season. I'm torn. I'm really torn on the on the, on the whole thing. Um, so. Well, there were there were games for Villa last year when he was playing where I don't think I heard his name mentioned for maybe the first hour, yeah. and then all of a sudden a ball would drop in the box and he'd score. And it says he he scored a lot, obviously for you this year. He scored a lot for us last year, but is, is he having games like that where he he disappears and then all of a sudden 
it's a chance and a goal, and he and he's got you back in it without actually playing well. Yeah. I mean, is Werner going to give you that bit different? I think Werner gives you pace, but then he doesn't yeah, give you height. But then around. you see the goals he's scoring in the Bundesliga. <laughs> if he can bring that sort, if he can bring that into the Premier League, I think finally we might have bought other than Drogba and Costa, we might have actually bought a striker that's well worth. Yeah. You know the money. I, I I personally feel that we've probably got a bit of a bargain for him. Um, no, I th- absolutely, I think you have. Yeah. Very, it's very surprising that other teams weren't as, you know, putting the money forward for him. But it's it's going to be one of those just to wait and see what the plan is. Uh, I'm sure Lampard's spoken to to Tammy Abraham about where what he sees happening. But poor Giroud. Choice. Yeah, does this mean Giroud <laughs> is out? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely staying because he signed a contract for another year. So um, it means Batshaw is finally going to be going. I would have thought. Oh, gee, I keep forgetting that he's still with you. Yes, yeah. he, is. he is still with. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, <laughs> we'll move on to a team that have got bigger problems, and that is Arsenal. Um, I, I I don't really know where to start here. Um, Absolutely. I've not. seen I've seen both games that they've played so far since the restart. And they're just so unmotivated. You know, they, they've had time off to obviously put things into perspective of what they want to happen for the club. And it just looks like it's just something is not clicking, right? Whether it's the manager, whether it's the tactics, the players, they just look so unmotivated to, to, to play for him or play for the club. you got... Players like Aubameyang saying that you know he's going to make the biggest decision of his life, which is likely to leave the club. Is it? Is it just seems so odd. And and their their biggest problem. It's been their biggest problem for years. Is their defence. One man in yep. particular, which pains me to say this, because <laughs> being, being a two-time Chelsea player that he was, David Luiz. Um, Look, we're not going to kid ourselves. He is prone to a mistake. He did it at Chelsea a few times. On his day and when he's focused, he is he's a great defender. But when he when it feels that like he doesn't have the motivation to play for for a club, uh, like he did at the both both times at the end of his Chelsea careers, he wasn't the best defender in the world. And I think if anything, it's highlighted more in that Man City game with him coming off the bench. This is before Arteta had already explained why he was on the bench because they don't know what's happening with him to make a mistake. And then to get yourself sent off is just, uh, and it wasn't even like a discreet penalty. That was, it was, and he's done it at least once already this season where he's pulled someone back. I just I think he's lost he's lost the pace, hasn't he? I mean, he he, he was never a, a lightning quick defender, but he just seems like he's about three yards behind everyone else at the minute. I don't know what is going on. I don't know it, what is going on with him. It's just crazy to think that he he can play that bad. I, I just don't understand it. It must be so frustrating for an Arsenal supporter to witness his performances. Right, he's been. He's been shocking pretty much all season, really, hasn't he? It's not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's not new. So, do you think that they? 
I saw I saw someone mention this on Twitter, and I can't remember the person's name, um, saying that they should have always gone for Gary Cahill over David Luiz if they had the choice. Obviously, both players mm-hmm. were pretty much out of contract. What would be your feeling on, on that opinion? Because I, I don't think they should have gone for either, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, mean, I tend to agree in more of they probably should have gone for Cahill over David Luiz if they had the opportunity to. If the choice was just those two, then yes, because you know what you're getting with Cahill. I think he's more consistent. I think he makes less errors, although he's not completely error-free. But um, yeah, he's he's a, he's more consistent, and I think he's probably a, a quite a calming influence. You know, he's been there, done that. Whereas David Louise, as we know, is quite an extrovert, uh, makes mistakes, and he always tries something a little bit more extravagant. But at the end of the day, this is Arsenal. Why are they looking at buying? I mean, no offence to Chelsea, but they're two old defenders that Chelsea aren't renewing their contract. Mm, really they're really not two first-team. <laughs> they're not two first-team Chelsea centre backs, are they? They're no. centre backs that Chelsea are actively looking to get rid of. Why do Arsenal fall into this trap of we're going to get the people that aren't wanted from the teams that are, that we're meant to be around? And why do they think it's going to work? They've got to look at paying four first team players who are big names, big in playing in big leagues, in big clubs, who have that experience, but who are still in the prime years of a player. I mean, what I don't, I just don't understand the mentality of we're going to take the cast offs from the team around us, put them in our first team and, and think that we're going to be near the top well, of the league. I, yeah, I don't yeah. see how that works. It doesn't work it's, for any other club. It's just silly. So I don't do you, understand why it works for them. Do you feel that Arteta doesn't still, even now, doesn't really know his best sort of yeah. 11? Um, you know, they've, they signed Pepe, which, Unfortunately, it seems to be a huge mistake. Um, Which he actually having, did score. Unbelievable. Yeah, he yeah, having goal, but yeah, one good season. Waste. He had one good season at Lille, and they've paid all this money for him. You know, yeah. when they signed Aubameyang and Lacazette, they were probably one of the two. Well, you'd probably see in the top ten of strikers at that time. They were probably up there. Yep. And they just don't. It just doesn't seem to click for them. But then you got players like Saka really exciting young player but I don't think they even know where to play this guy he's he's played right back left wing and centre mid this yeah. season and it's just, he's, he's been everywhere that's, that's I don't crazy. know what position he plays in he's, he's going to be a football, no man, football manager 2021 he's going to be a dream signing of yeah. all, of all so the positions he can play um, but it's just crazy I just I know they've got injuries and they've had more injuries since the restart, but I, I just, I just really, I don't know what that. I, I can't. They're not going to get into Europe. I think that's clear. So I, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen to them, but um, what they do over the, well, I say what they do in the summer, but what they do in probably the short space of time they're going to have, and from the the finishing of this season to the start of next season. I don't, I don't think they're going to have enough time to, to rebuild. So I, I think... No, I think they're going to struggle for a few years. But like you say, I, I don't think Arteta knows um, his best 11. I don't necessarily think he knows the best position for all his players to play in. 
Um, but again, like I said about the players that they're buying, why did they think an assistant manager from another team was going to come in and change their fortunes? Why, why are yeah. Everton getting Ancelotti and changing the form around completely when you've got a team like Arsenal who's relying on an assistant manager with no first-team coach experience? I don't know. I think they've. I've got to look at the owners there because the they've Strange, got the money. Surely they've yeah. got the money to go out and say to an Ancelotti, a Benitez, whoever, uh, even a Mourinho. You know, he's end, he's ended up going to Spurs now, so he'll probably oh. never end up being Arsenal manager. But he before was, that, he was a free agent pretty much. Yeah, when they were looking, what? so it's just it doesn't make any sense. You if you. If you go out there and you get the, if you want the best quality, you've got to pay to get it. And yeah, yeah unfortunately, they're relying on cheap free free transfers and cheap signings at the back. Um, and then they've paid all that money for strikers up front, which they didn't. I don't think they needed um, to bring in um, Pepe anyway. I think, I think maybe he was under pressure to to make a big signing, um, and maybe Pepe was all all that was available, but I don't think they needed to strengthen going forward. They've, they've always had good strikers. Aubameyang is a good striker. Lacazette is a good striker. They were never going to struggle for goals. So why he didn't think, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to spend 50 million on a decent centre-half or even a right-back or left-back doesn't really matter. They need all of them, I think, at the minute. Um, or even a holding midfielder because, you know, Guendouzi's good, but he's still young. And I think we, we saw a bit of... Um, naivety at the end of the Brighton game I think he's got away with yeah. it but he, you don't you can't put your hand around an opponent's neck well, um, I'm not sure how he's got away with it to apparently be you can because uh, he's not being yeah he's not being done for it so it's it's um I just think players like Gwendizzi who what players they actually got to look up to and that squad to to learn from because it just doesn't seem like there's probably anyone in there that that he is going to be able to learn off. I just it's very under strange. Wenger, I mean, they were known for bringing through young players under Wenger, like Fabregas and people like that. But they had your Patrick Vieiras, Gilberto Silvers, Henri's, all oh, those Vieira, kind of players. Oh my God! To look up, yeah, <laughs> I mean, to, to to look up to those guys coming through and to to know what level you've got to reach yeah. in order to play for Arsenal was good but they don't have that anymore. They're throwing these youngsters in and there's no real direction, personally, I, I don't think. And they're, they're, they're going to be getting to a situation where there's a generation coming through who don't remember the Invincibles. I mean, this is, it sounds silly, but it was, what, 15 years ago now? Yeah, yeah. That they went a season unbeaten. So you, you're getting a whole generation that don't know Arsenal have even won a Premier League title. So... Once you get into that stage, then it's going to be difficult to get it back, I think. What a team that was. Thinking of the names in that team. Anyway, well, um, we are going to take a short break. um, But back in part two, um, we have a quick Yeovil update. Uh, Liam's got a story to tell us, the wonders of white. And let's see if I can get Liam's teaser answer. Be back in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's episode. Uh, just quickly going to go into a bit of Yeovil news. Um, obviously, uh, the National League 
and the National League North and South has been said that they are going to do the playoffs. So there is hope, um, despite the weird playoff situation in the National League where there's the the six teams in the playoffs, but um, Yeovil will be part of the first round of um, teams. Um, but they haven't actually said who they're going to play yet, but I would assume that they will play the team that were ranked the lowest because Yeovil were ended up fourth. I'm not sure how it works. And if it is that case, it would be Barnet um, because they did a they've done that points per game thing. Liam, I don't know if you've seen that, but Barnet yeah. were eleventh and they had three games in hand, so they've actually managed to slip into the playoffs. <laughs> God, uh, yeah, so that's harsh yeah, on the team so that's had to drop out for them, isn't it? It's a, it's a win for Barnet, um, but yeah, just and. The um the crowdfunding as well, which is going on, which I think has reached to like forty two thousand at the moment. So, you know, that's um a great effort from everyone involved with uh, with Yeovil. Um, that's uh, a huge amount of money like raised, um for you know a quite a small club. So that's uh, brilliant news for them. And obviously, playoff preparations will resume. So yeah, looking good. So we're now going to go into Liam's another new feature that Liam's got, and it's um, story time. So Liam, what's your story week? Well, this week we're going to go back in time to April the eighteenth, nineteen sixty. We find ourselves in Denmark, Chris. We're in Denmark. (laughs) We're in a match between two local sides, Ebeltoft and Norwich, I hope I've pronounced them properly, they're in the fourth division of Danish football, okay? Picture the scene, Norwich are leading 4-3 with seconds remaining when Ebeltoft scored to make it 4-4 with what looked like the last kick of the game. Nothing unusual so far. However, referee Henning Erikstrup had other ideas. So, it turns out, He'd gone to blow the full-time whistle before the ball hit the back of the net. The only problem was that his false teeth had fallen out. And as he went <laughs> to blow the whistle, no noise came out. So, Ebeltoft had then surely scored. What was the referee to do? So, well, he disallowed the goal. He blew the final whistle after the ball had gone in and declared it a 4-3 win to Norwich. Ebeltoft, absolutely furious protested the match immediately to what was the Football Association in Denmark, but the Football Association allowed it. Protest denied. Final score, Norwich of four, Ebeltoft three. And that's your story for this week. Oh, Plenty more where classic. they came from, mate. Oh, Plenty more where they came from. False teeth. <laughs> You'd be, you would be furious if you were. Oh, false teeth fall out, so you've, uh, you've lost the game. Sorry. Oh, it's a shame they don't have VAR. <laughs> they could have cleared yeah. that one up. Oh, man, that's brilliant. God, blimey. And uh, the fourth tier of, of Danish football. Blimey. Yeah, I've, I've stretched this to uh, the fourth tier this week. You've definitely gone into the depths of footballing history for, for, for that one. But, yeah, I guess... Uh, going to keep keep digging into the depths and hopefully we'll find some more classics <laughs> to come. Great. The weeks ahead. Cool. Uh, so we'll move on to uh, the wonders of white, uh, which everyone will be glad to hear has, has remained a part of this podcast. It's my favourite part. 
<laughs> uh, I've actually got a Villa one in here. It's actually up first as well. So. Oh, it's not um, a good one then, is it? <laughs> it's not too bad. Uh, Courtney House <laughs> is has now scored in all of the top four divisions in England. Uh, he has scored for Wickham, Wolves, Gillingham, and now Villa. Wow. So, yeah. That's not bad for a young defender. He's not yeah. very old either. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm assuming he scored for Wolves in the Championship because um, I think he was there, wasn't he, when they were in there? So. Yeah. He was. Um, yeah. Timed at 94 minutes and 24 seconds. Uh, Malpay's winner is the latest goal Brighton have ever scored in the Premier League. Uh, Stephen Bergwijn is just the second Spurs player to score in each of his first three home Premier League games. Uh, the only other player to do this for Spurs was Raphael van der Vaart in 2011. That's a name oh, that you probably haven't heard for a yeah. <laughs> long time. No. And Danny Ings has scored 16 Premier League goals this season. That's the most from a Southampton player since James Beattie scored 25 in the 2002-2003 season. God, I didn't realise he got that many. 25. What's, what, what's I'm saying? What's surprising here that Danny Ings has scored 16 goals or that James Beattie actually managed 20? Although, he, back in the day, obviously, you know, he was he was quite a player, wasn't he, James Beattie? He, scored he was really a great goal. player. I remember yeah, him scoring twice. I remember when Southampton, I think they beat us. It's probably that season, actually. They beat us 4-2, and he, he scored twice in that game. And I think both goals were were pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I've, so I've, I've got an irrational hatred of James Beattie because he was meant to join Villa. And I think oh. he was actually in our chairman's kitchen signing a deal when he found out that Everton wanted him. And he uh, hopped in the car, drove up north and signed for them. So I was really annoyed at that. Do you think he was that just like, I just need to pop yeah, I just need to pop out for a <laughs> Just need to chat to the missus. James? And then, yeah, he never came back. So, uh, yeah, served him right. Oh, dear. Oh, well, well, there's two names. Raphael van der Vaart and James Beatty that probably some people have probably never even heard of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> van der Vaart okay. was a great little player for a couple of years, wasn't he? He was a tricky little, little player, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was the Wonders of White for this year. There'll be more... Plenty more where that came from next week. Okay, so this is the... Well, yeah, I suppose I've got to have a, have a go at this teaser, haven't I? have got to figure out an order. Oh. Yeah, so five strikers in order of Premier League appearances. Kevin Davis, Jermaine Defoe, Emil Heskey, Wayne Rooney and Alan Shearer. What order are you putting them in? Oh, blimey. Uh, let me just write next to their names or I think... They were. This is really tricky because I still think Heather Davis. Oh, I just, I don't know. I, I feel that's either a trick or I'm gonna look really <laughs> stupid. Right. I think I've got. Oh, this is really hard. Take me through. Talk me through your your thought process. What are you think? Well, my thought process is that I, I, I think Davis is, is probably not. I, He's a red herring, I, I feel, um, but I think he's in there for a reason. That's probably just to prop the other people up. Uh, Heskey, I'm trying to think. Obviously, he was Liverpool. He was at Liverpool for quite a long time, but probably wasn't always first choice. Did have spells at other clubs, but again, I don't think they would have... 
Oh, if this was goals, this would have been a lot easier. Defoe, I think Defoe yeah, is... Gostowski never scored, that's why. <laughs> Defoe is probably quite deceiving, because although it probably doesn't look like he probably has played quite a substantial amount, I think Rooney's played quite a lot, considering he started when he was, what, about 16 or 17. Shearer, again, probably... <sighs> OK, right. I'll go from fifth upwards... Okay, so okay. fifth, I've put Davies. Fourth, I've put Heskey. Third, Defoe. Shearer, second. And Rooney, first. Well, I can tell you that it is more difficult than I thought because you have zero out of five oh my God. on that one. Sorry, mate. Um, I will take you through them. So uh, in fifth place is Alan Shearer with 441 appearances. <sighs> I think that's because he might have played in the first division before the Premier League, I want to say. So maybe a few of his appearances would have gone um, in the early days of Southampton into the first division. Um, Fourth is Kevin Davis with 444 appearances. And I think like the reason I, I threw him in was because he was actually quite old when he retired and he was obviously a sort of, he was meant to be like a teenage wonder kid when he first came on the scene. Um, but I didn't realise that he played so many games in the Premier League. I thought he'd maybe spent a bit yeah. of time out of it, but there we go. Uh, third place is Wayne Rooney with 491 appearances. And I think that's because he left probably a bit sooner than most of these players. I think, why is he now 34, 33, yeah. 34? And I think the others have played a bit further in their career. Um, second is Jermaine Defoe with 496 appearances. Please tell Heskey wasn't first. And Emil Heskey was God top say. with 516 appearances. So, yeah, I mean, he, played, he was quite old when he came to Villa, but he obviously had Leicester, Liverpool, uh, Birmingham. He played a lot for Wigan as well. Um, I can't remember who he left us for now. I think he maybe went to the A-League or something like that. But yeah, so 516 appearances for Emil Heskey. And I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's probably scored the least goals out of those five yeah. people. I said, I said goals-wise, I thought it would have been all right. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, that truly has ruined my reputation. Sorry, I'll uh, make it easier for you next line. week, mate. And to I'll be fair, to be fair, it was quite good to know. Um, I was surprised about Shearer. Um, I wasn't surprised about Defoe, to be honest. I knew, I knew he'd. I'm just surprised Heskey. Uh, uh, like 500 of those appearances, like off the bench, by any chance? Because they must have. I think ridiculous. they include bench appearances, but yeah, I think they do include appearances. Do you remember the bench? when he went to the A League and he was tipped to be like he was their top player over in the A in the um, in the Australian League? Yeah, he's about two goals. He's literally. Didn't he sign the same time as? Oh, there was someone else. Oh, let me find yeah, I out. Think, um, it's a really think big name. David Villa. Didn't Let's David Villa go to like Sydney or someone like that? Um, I'm just going to have a quick look now myself. So he played for Newcastle um, Jets. I swear it was like, yeah, yeah it might have been David Villa. I'm just going to have a quick look now because I'm sure he went out to that division and absolutely smashed it and realised he probably didn't need to retire just yet. Um, yeah, well, he went on loan to Melbourne City. Yeah, so maybe it was, was that was 2014. Of, there was a picture of them together. Uh, a bit after that. 
Imagine being more excited over the fact that Ariel Heskey has joined the A-League than, uh, yeah. than Davia. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, Emil Heskey, lots and lots of appearances. I'm just looking at his, his stats now, Jeez. and it looks like he got nine goals in 92 appearances for Aston Villa, and, and yeah, that pretty much sums up my feeling about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Um Anything else, Liam? Nothing else from me. Nothing, Nothing else, else from me. I'll I will put uh, a little link up to the uh, um, all of our episodes um, on our blog at some point, and uh, that will be posted out over social media. So if you want to go over old episodes, you'll be able to find them all there. Cool. And uh, all the, uh, the episode will it'll be going live tonight. Uh, so yeah. So we'll. Um, send out the links to this episode uh probably a little bit later on tonight if not tomorrow morning so but we are back now weekly um on recording on a monday hopefully getting the episode live by uh by sort of tennis on, on monday evening so and we've obviously got a lot of games coming up so there's a, probably going to be a lot more to cram in in the next coming weeks uh, and hopefully uh, Liam's teasers get a little bit easier for me. Yeah, I, I'll make them a bit easier for you next week, mate. Don't okay. worry about that. Well, thanks for that. So we will uh, we will speak to you next week.